0: Yesterday, football lost one of its best. A man that came from nothing, who then went on to become one of the best players the world has ever seen. His skill, his flair and his attitude to the game will never be matched. This week's episode is in tribute to that man, Diego Maradona. The man who changed football forever. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Bees Analytica podcast. Once again I'm joined by my co-hosts Alfie and James and on this week's episode we'll discuss the genius himself, Diego Maradona, and then have a bit of a chat about how we feel the managers are doing this season. Hi boys, are you doing all right?
1: Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you James?
0: Yeah, yeah, good thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, it's not been too bad. It's been a bit of a slow week, isn't it? Especially after the international break, it always is and now getting back up to speed but we thought we can touch on the, the first subject of the day with Diego Maradona. obviously the terrible news yesterday about his passing and we did the little tribute at the start we we're just talking about it a bit off there and like there's no one c- comes close to him in this country is there in terms of just the magnitude of what he brought to the game like I don't think we'll I have a player especially in England or Britain of comes close to his legacy
1: Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. a genius, and he was loved by a lot of people. So, yeah. unfortunately,
2: we we won't have anyone like that in this in this country. Talent-wise, George Best is probably the only Brit. George Best or Gaza, and they they were both obviously had their own demons. Well, Gaza still does, but Best did. So there's the similarities between those two players and Maradona. But in terms of just the sheer volume of people. Uh, I don't think anyone in this country will match it, or at least not not or not no one has already. Maybe in the future.
0: Definitely, I think the term of it we're thinking of is flawed genius. I think someone in management that came close to that was probably Clough, was up there as a flawed genius of just someone that changed the game beyond what it was at the time. But I don't think anyone yeah just the shock of it especially for maradona at the age of 60 as well that's no age to die especially it's just with all the issues he has had 15 years
2: to the day that george best died as well
0: yeah Yeah. i thought i I did see some stuff about the hand of god and peter reed and obviously um shilton were doing the interviews and stuff and still bringing it up that he never apologised for it, which was like, you just got to admire it, the absolute balls of the fella. In the World Cup, I love it, I was reading up on his interview about it, and he said, I knew 100% I punched it with my hand, but, but to my surprise, the linesman never spotted it, and the ref waved the goal, so I went with it. He was like, yeah. it was re- retribution to the British for the Falklands War and stuff. And
2: If anyone did it in this country, they'd be held as a national hero, so... It's one of those things, it's gone against <laughs> us and it's something we'll never forget. But, and we'll never forgive. But, you know, it's it's one of those things if it had gone our way, no one, no one in this country would complain.
0: We speak about the hands of God, though. You think that second goal, bloody hell, like one of the best goals of the deck, probably of all time, nearly. And, like, it's just something else. And he goes, that's just something, I think that game sums him up in a nutshell. You go from that one element of where he was ruling really high or villainized to the point of if just yeah I think he would have been absolutely slaughtered if he'd come to this country to the point though yeah. where you just sat jaw dropped not knowing really what to say for the second one where it was just incredible wasn't it
2: someone should have clamped him on the halfway line I think take him on for the team there. <laughs> <laughs> hindsight's right. a
0: wonderful thing yeah they, who i think it was peter reed was or was it lineker as well was speaking about their tactics to deal with him it wasn't lineker it was way before his time but one of them was speaking about how they were going to deal with maradona were... one
2: lineker won the golden
0: boot that i oh, was it? i'll say here. Yeah, been... <laughs> it's exactly his time yeah there you go so yeah i think it was lineker who was speaking about how they were meant to deal with him it might have been able did it last night at bt and they basically like someone said do you were you trying to go to man for man and they were like, no, no way. The only way we're dealing with it, if the ball, if anyone's near him, you get him and you kick him and <laughs> it's just no one good. He was just so brilliant on the ball and just his attitude to the game, I think, shines through as well. Just a, a legend of the game and will be sorely missed for football. I think it's a massive loss and there's, I can't really say much more about him other than what a brilliant footballer he was. And that legacy will live forever and our deepest sympathies go out to the family and the people affected by it. It's shut down an entire country for three days. And I don't think the magnitude of it quite sits in until late or settles until later, so I thought we, little tribute at the start to the little Argentine. One thing I wanted to d- did discuss this week is the Championship managers. We had quite an influx of new ones come in and have now joined us as well this season. I thought we'd have a bit of a talk through on what's going on with some of the new managers. Big one that stands out is Justin Tindall. Uh, Bournemouth has done a fabulous job so far with three wins on the bounce. What have we made of his start so far? Ah, uh, Great, great, great squad that he inherited just had to
1: give them the confidence back and they're in the space where they're too good for the championship but they weren't good enough for the Premier League so yeah yeah, no great start for him and he's got clear ideas and an A and B plan if a back four's not working then he'll change to a back three so you know he's he's got clear
0: ideas of how he wants the players to play. They did the number on Reading the other day didn't they switching up from a 4-3-3 to a back five and exploited the weaknesses out wide. Reading was suffering with, with yeah. No, they didn't Dallas really
1: change it actually. Now, they kept ahead. it four, but they just changed the fullback and, well, they changed one of the centre backs to the fullback, and for whatever reason, the Reading players didn't think he was too much of a threat, but yes. he provided the opening cross, the cross for the for their opening goal. So, you know.
2: Yeah, I've been very impressed with his ability to change it up during, yeah. during the
1: game, and it? he's not too and he's not afraid to change it up either.
2: Oh no, no, he noticed at halftime what the what was needed to be done. Did it quickly, and within ten minutes they were two one up. So uh, two two, sorry. So it quickly, yeah. um, he's got the ability there to change a game in an instant. But it helps when you've got probably the best squad in the league on mm-hmm.
0: paper there was concerns so, wasn't there coming into the new season obviously was it just house number two and it didn't really change much because it went quite stale towards the end didn't it but i get i totally agree boys he switched it from three at the back four at the back a free in midfield it, it's been good to watch and but I, there is that expectation they should be absolutely battering most teams are far and away the best team in this division best squad not best team I'd say best squad in the division with the like in there especially in the forward areas so you'd like to think they'll be up there and he's done a stellar job to keep it going and another number two has also come in and it's Dean Holden who keeps surprising and Bristol sat comfortably well not comfortably but sat in third place at the moment again stepping up from Lee Johnson's shadow and Building on what's gone, it's an impressive start for them so far. I mean, what have you made of them so far, James?
2: Yeah. Yeah. They've been very impressive to be fair. Um, I didn't know much about Holden before he came in, um, but I think he's just, again, they've got a very good squad on paper that Lee Johnson just wasn't getting very good at, wasn't getting much out of. He'd been there, I think, too long. They got too settled and maybe they needed to shake up a new manager. And so far they've got it. Obviously they've got Reading on Saturday which will be a, a game I'll be keeping firmly my eyes on. But um, I've been impressed with them. They've always struck me as a team that should be challenging there and thereabouts, and they normally do, but they just need that extra couple of percent to get them over the line into the top six, and
0: maybe this is the year they do. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned like the, the shake-up, but surely much not much changes, especially going from a two to a one, or a number two to a number one. Just from my experiences so far, it's like, the number two tends to be a lot more hands-on, the coaching element of it. What And then, obviously, the number one is the manager. They deal with all the problems, the, the managing side of the game, whereas the coach coaches. It's just interesting to see how p- players are reacting. They're obviously doing something right at both respective clubs. It'd be great to hear like the insight of what a player, what's changed. Is it that culture shift from not having him as a number two anymore? and is, Or better ideas, better tactics? It'd be certainly an interesting one to look at for like teams, or what, what's causing this type of thing. You know, it's it's fascinating. It's, don't get me wrong; their performance levels have been have both been really good in the expected points tables. You've got Bournemouth sat fourth currently, so slightly overperforming. Bristol slightly further down in about eight or ninth, but again, still there thereabouts, especially after thirteen games. It's not a lot of time, is it, for teams to be implementing styles and I think it's nice to see both hitting the ground running.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah so coming from a, a two to a one, maybe it's been good this season with the uh, the shorter break in between. They, um, you know, there's less time for them to get their ideas across. But if they're already coming from a similar angle to that of the managers before, then there's there's less for them to worry about. Maybe they just needed a fresh face in there to kick some of the players up the backside and tell them to start pulling their fingers out again. If they'd maybe gone on to uh, autopilot under. Under the previous managers,
0: mm, Holden obviously was yeah had the interim job over after they sacked Johnson. But that obviously that winter, oh that not winter break sorry, that little summer gap has given him time refresh and get the squad back together. Didn't really bring that many big names in over the summer either, so it's dealing with the same resources.
2: Yeah,
0: Narkey big Wells so, is the bag. So. Wells, but he was there already. He joined in the January, so. Who did Alfie Morrison join, but he's done his ACL recently. Um Chris Martin came in.
2: He's done really well.
0: This yeah. a mm. It's complimenting Wells <laughs> it's Wells Wells. <laughs> 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 you look at the other two as what it's it's all the top six seems to have got new managers so far, then your next two are Watford and Reading, who both brought in new managers over the summer. Watford's start has been an interesting one. Uh, we expect them to be up there. We've all agreed that they should be there, but do we feel they should be doing more, Ah, um,
1: uh, It's a tough one. Because you look at the team and you think, you know, they should be miles above what others can achieve. But equally, you look at the table and you think, well, they're in the position you want to be at at this stage of the season kind of thing. So... I don't think you can say they've done a bad job um because of where they are in the league in terms of you can only do as as well as the table kind of thing. I mean I, I it's a tough one. I wasn't really impressed by Watford for example when I um watched them when they played Reading, but they're defensively sound and they have the unpredictable unpredictability in attack and a manager can rely on that. He he can make use of his resources, and he is doing so. That's you know that's why they're towards the top end of the league.
0: Yes, yeah, so... they've only lost two all season. They got a very similar record to Swansea, who just sit above them. So it's, it's not that bad. Looks all right. Andre Gray started coming back into the side now and back to fitness, and maybe with a bit more of an experienced pro at this level than Jao Pedro, they might start. Yeah, then we start kicking on a little bit more, especially Gray is proven at this level, especially with his time at Brentford and Burnley, where he was incredibly good. It's it's a tough one. I know we're going to have to bring it up, especially with you two both being Reading fans, but Palmovic's Reading has started to slow down in recent weeks and XG might finally have a claim to being right. Um, I know we've been not as critical. Of them, or especially from my end, I haven't been as critical because you could see there was a good process there. But that lack of shooting is really starting to hamper Reading. The lack of chances they're creating—all good quality—but the lack, just the sheer lack of volume in attack. Do you see that as a factor of why Reading are slowing down?
1: It's an interesting question. I I don't. Because we have been still scoring goals. It's, you know, like you say, we're in the right areas. We're shooting from the right areas. We're not taking 40 yarders, 30 yarders, and just putting it down as a stat. Oh, we've had a shot. Um, We're creating opportunities. We're creating good chances to score. Um, I think what's cost us, to be fair, is individual errors. Yeah. The, The leader of the back line got injured for a couple of games and we've looked shaky ever since the communicator if you like and and then there's been individual errors from individual players that have caused goals i mean bournemouth you could strike three of their goals up to maybe not individual errors but a couple of players errors um I mean, the third goal was an absolute wonder strike. You're not yeah. going to concede many of them. But the other three were easily preventable. You, if you don't concede the first one, you probably don't concede the second and, you know, so on. But, yeah, individual errors have been costly.
2: I, yeah. I don't think it's... The, um, if you look at the stats defensively, in the first eight games, we were top of the whole football league in terms of goals, um, goals conceded. we would conceded the least one goal in eight games. We're now currently bottom of the ninety-two, <laughs> whole of the football league in the last five. So defensively is where we've where we've been punished.
0: Well, the, the questions questions aren't really being asked of Reading's defence so far. They're about expected in the expected measures, about mid-table-ish, doing all right, nothing major. But there's just a steep decline in drop-off. I was just having a look at the numbers here for xG per shot. Reading currently sits seventeenth in the table for shots per game. They're twenty-fourth. It's worse than Wickham. It's really not looking good on the attacking side, and Zhao is on some sort of a mad hot streak right now. Same same as Tony. I think he's converted. I think it's ninety odd percent, or not ninety odd percent. Sorry, eighty odd percent of his goals.
2: Well, Zhao's like, averaging a goal every ninety minutes, so it's, <laughs> a goal again game isn't you going
0: to. The course of the season. The start at the start of the season, I could agree, and the quality and. Location, the quality was looking good. It was just the volume to come, but there has been a big, steep decline in the, the expected quality of the shot up front, and the lack of chances as well. Written last night again against Millwall was seven chances you had, or seven shots with only three or three, four on target. Mm. It's it's a tricky one. It's it'll be interesting to see how Panovic turns this round, especially with no wins in five now. Well, Are you still?
2: Learning. He's you know, he's only taken charge of fourteen matches. He's he's had three or four of those without his key players. The main creator, John Swift,'s been out for the last ten games or so. I just think we're gonna learn more. Well is definitely gonna learn more when we lose games. So if it takes mm-hmm. a few more losses, then you know, for us for him to learn what he needs to do, then I'll be willing to do that because any improvement on what we had last season is good progress for me. I know there's mm-hmm. I know now we're in the top six and we've been top. The expectations change and, I, and I, I get that. I still think top 10 with this squad would be an incredible achievement from someone who's just come in I and agree. that's, we've got to hark back to the fact that we've been 20th, well, 14th last year, 20th, 20th the two years before that, we, we can't, it's not, you know, the squad's the same more or less. So yeah. they're not going to suddenly be world beaters. We're just somewhere in the middle. We're not as good as our, as our table suggests but we're not as bad as we have been, so we've got to be somewhere in the middle. Mm
0: -hmm. That's the, I think you hit the nail on the head, hindsight, Reading have finished in the bottom, or bottom five, six, for the last four or five years, except that fluke yapstand season. So I think, like you said, progress anywhere above that is progress in the right direction. But it raises the biggest question, does the owner have patience enough? He has thrown a lot of money at Reading a lot and they're still in a deep financial hole. Is it a case of do or bust? And if they don't get top six this year, is it going to be again, cut the manager, rebuild, you know, Reading have a lot of question marks around them on the financial side, especially uh, with the resources they've put in. I spoke to
2: Pauno last week at the press conference and he made a point to say he's in regular contact with the owner out in China. Mm -hmm. He speaks to him two or three times a week. And he is overjoyed at how the game's, how it's going. And how, and, and I mean, I don't remember hearing much or anything about Bowen having much contact with, with the, the owner. So mm-hmm. the fact they do have a, a contact line, they're talking regularly and the owner knows all the players and who's out injured and when they want to come back and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, I was very concerned about the owner up until I heard that. But the fact there is clear contact and, and that they're, they're talking and he knows what's going on, it's filled me with a bit more optimism which uh, is something I don't tend to have much of. So <laughs> I can. And uh, yeah, I'm confident that especially with no fans in that, because um, Reading have a reputation, you know, their fans, our fans get right on the back. If something's not going right for a, a number of weeks, I think he's going to be given more time than he would have been done. If we'd have 20,000 in the stands. Yeah. yeah. I think he'll definitely see out this season and hopefully the year
0: after, if it's progress. No, no, I don't disagree with you. It's, yeah, I'm, I just have question marks over the patience. I think we have a chat about, about some of the new guys that have come into the league, especially at Barnsley, who had started Brighton until they were beaten midweek against Brentford. Someone like Pulis is now back in the league. I know he's not had a lot of time, but he's back. And Hutton has really turned it around at Forest. They've still s- spluttered. What have we made... But one person I did want to highlight, sorry, was coming from last season, Steve Cooper. He's doing a magnificent job with that Swansea team to keep them going after a summer where a lot thought they'd be dismantled. And that rebuild cycle starts again. But to sit comfortably fourth on the table, best defensive record or second best defensive record behind Middlesbrough. They look good. Especially challenging them with some of the big boys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love the Swansea side. I do. I I think it helps as well that a lot of clubs will trust the manager, Steve Cooper, bringing in young players and giving them playtime because obviously he's worked with quite a few youngsters at English, I think it was under 21 level, under 80 or something like that. Yeah,
0: it was 18 to uh, 17, sorry. He won the World Cup with, with that squad. Yeah,
1: and so... Swansea are always going to have the benefit at the moment while he's in charge of being loaned some of these top class talents if you like mm-hmm. that aren't getting game time like morgan gives white as a player that excites me i i think he's too good for championship level but you know steve cooper's given him a bit of confidence he hasn't really started for a year at wolves didn't i think he played six had six appearances something like that it's ridiculous and it's hampering his growth but out at Swansea, you know, he gets the best out of youth players. Yeah. And I think that's why you're also seeing the rise of Swansea because it is hungry youth players that have a point to prove.
0: Yeah. On the of Gibbs' wives, he's been out injured since the start of October, but hopefully we'll get back into that team. But I take your point completely. He's someone that excites you, isn't he? That hopefully once he gets back he'll he can take him up another level especially considering they're sat fourth. I think it's their back three for me of Kabango, Gui, and Bennett occasionally who comes in. I think that's a really solid back three. Like, the Bango's mm. come through. I really like him. It was a bit shaky in the playoffs, but then again, he's a young lad. He's 20, 21. Oh, yeah. having someone like Cooper in behind him, who has a proven track record of developing young talent through. It's a good time to be Swansea. I really like them as a squad moving forward. I've and got Andre good... Ayu as well, who's. Yeah. He's
2: not, he shouldn't be playing at the championship level. He's, yeah, but
0: when the, the paycheck's nice, isn't it? Let's put it realistically. He's probably earning a good 20 to 30 grand a week. Yeah,
2: well, he's still he's on the
1: Premier League wage.
2: Yeah, he's a game changer for Swansea at this level. He'll get, he'll get you out of jail more times. Mm. More times than not. And Yeah, I was impressed with them last season. I wouldn't bet against them getting in the top six this season, to be fair.
0: we think they're good enough to potentially get top six, especially considering some of the quality behind them? Oh, yeah, easily. Easily, we say.
2: Yeah, so other than the three that came down, I think it's a very weak league this year. Other than maybe Brentford haven't quite hit the heights that they'd hit. I wouldn't say But yeah, I can see them getting top six.
1: I wouldn't agree with you there on a It's a very weak league. It's a very even league. I don't think.
2: Well, there's three standout teams, and then the rest there's a much of a muchness in the rest. So why can't Swansea be the ones that, that right. on the breakthrough?
1: It's all about runner form. It's it's a runner form confidence. confidence. It the thing that worries me is Swansea start losing three or four games in a row. Can he get the heads of the young players up?
2: Yeah, that could but... be something to keep an eye on. So. <laughs>
1: But, you know, at the moment, they're flying high. Youth players, you know, it's brilliant. I, I really like Swansea.
0: Yeah, I'm not necessarily with you lot. I don't think they'll be guaranteed top six. I think they'll be there or thereabouts. But I think there there will be a drop-off soon, especially with the younger lot. But mm. someone who seems to be tried and tested that comes in, who's knocking on the door of another promotion potentially, Bloody Neil Warnock. The man just knows how to do it with teams. They have got the best defensive record. They've conceded six this season. That's it. In 13 games, they've conceded six goals. And Warnock has now started putting some form together with that team as well. They're watching them against Brentford. They absolutely just stopped us playing. Didn't press us or anything, but just sat in their block shuffled left and right and it was easy for him Warnock just has something about him at this league
2: you know what you're going to get and he's, he's he's not done anything different in the last 20 odd years you know what you're going to get and he does it everywhere he goes and I mm. said last season that Middlesbrough this year would be ones to watch there's a solid championship squad there that with the right manager Woodgate didn't have the, the experience and the know-how how to do it but that's exactly what Warnock has and I can really see him being in and around it coming into the season
0: yeah, Warner. I get what you mean. He's just, he's just got something over this division, hasn't he? He just knows how to do it. <laughs> it's just beyond ridiculous, like the quality and how he gets teams playing as well. It's just just effective, especially at this level.
1: Mm. I, I remember reading in a, it was a Sunday paper about the Championship League One, League Two. Um, I think it was Allardyce. Football is not about style. It's about winning. And Warnock knows how to win or not lose in this league. So same with Pewis if he hits the ground running. Yeah. You know, I, was, I
0: was gonna bring up Pewless in a sec, but keep keep going. Yeah.
1: It's unfortunately style is very important to some owners. But if you want success, t- those two managers know the way to play football to win games or to stay in a game and
0: potentially nick it, kind of thing. Yeah, you've just opened You're... a whole can of worms though on like, is football what do you want from a club? Uh, Bristol Rovers spoke about it in their manager search last week before they employed Tisdale about they wanted the Bristol Rovers way of playing, they wanted to build it, they would sacrifice that over effectiveness basically. And I agree with that, especially coming as a Brentford fan with the thoughts of, we have built our system. Would you compromise? And as a football purist, imagine if Guardiola, or you brought Allardyce into City. Yeah, they might win a few games, playing four four two, 4-4-2, lump it up to a big man. But is that football? Is that really something you'd compromise? A project, a style, a system, for the sake of some success?
2: At Reading, we were brought up on 4-4-2. There's nothing wrong with 4-4-2. Personally, I just want to win. I'm not that concerned, to be honest. But yeah, I don't like, I don't like the 4-4-2 bashing there, Jake. It can be yeah. a very successful and effective method.
0: Do you not feel, though, especially if we did it in England, Allardyce is a proven, it's not proven winner, but he was successful at what he did, especially with the amount of variance and luck that there is at international football. Would you really have sat there as an England fan and watched him lump it up to a big man, play Route, route 1 direct football, for the sacrifice of success, potentially a third or fourth, potentially a final appearance.
2: I don't think I could. I don't care less how we win. Win the world. Cup, win the bloody World Cup. Couldn't the way
1: Southgate's playing at the moment, I
0: would happily take that style of football. <laughs> That's what I Me. Mean. That's the question. Would you? Would you happily sacrifice playing pretty football and say, right, Kane's a target man. Run a little. Run Rushford in behind him. Get Sterling on one side of the wing, Sancho on the other. Cross it into him. You know. You
2: play to your players' strengths, and that, the way you just describe it there sounds like a perfect way to win with England.
0: So what's what? wrong with it? <laughs> because the football, you don't want to be watching that. I'd rather have so a system. You'd rather,
2: see, you'd rather see England lose, but have 90% of the ball, sideways, backwards, whatever, than get one shot, a header goes in, and you win the World Cup.
0: I'd rather yeah. see a, yeah an attempt at a style of play, a system. Much in the way Barnsley, your Brentford, your Liverpools, your Man Citys try to play football. They try yeah, to build out.
2: You've not achieved anything by doing it, ultimately. The, 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 at the end of the day, you'll look back at your career with what you've won. And Brentford coming third and getting to a playoff final is not winning anything. Compared to Warnock, who's won stacks, who might have been a bit more direct, but he can sit there comfortably knowing he's got six or seven clubs promoted.
0: <sighs> I just, yeah, I don't know. We've mentioned it before, would you sacrifice everything? I, I get the feeling, as Reading fans, if someone like Warnock was to come in and step through the door, you would absolutely love that. Just to take you up, proven at the job.
2: Not Warnock. Anyone but Warnock. He wouldn't <laughs> Reddick, <laughs> in the Football League, Reddick, uh, Warnock wouldn't come to. Because, yeah. uh, and vice versa. But anyone else, I wouldn't care less what style. We had McDermott and Copple were both 4-4-2, two wingers, two strikers, strong men in the midfield keep clean sheets and take the chances you get. There's nothing wrong with it. We got 106 points and only lost twice by playing that way. So there's nothing wrong with it.
0: uh, uh, Football purist, maybe. I see football through too, too perfect. Like just, yeah, I couldn't compromise that. I would rather at least attempt to play, especially, yeah, I would. Because at the end of the day, football for me is entertainment and it's uh, something for me to enjoy. I wouldn't enjoy lumping it. As Winning a, game, f- enjoying football. No, because winning's not always to enjoy. I'd rather watch the game from that's f- nice to watch, not something that's turgid. I'd rather but watch something that where we've tried to play and build.
2: That's why we're going into the analysis side, though. <laughs> that's what we're looking at: is how many passes and how many long balls and how many shots that go in and whatever. If you think that's the job
0: of an analyst, James, I'd be surprised. I just want
2: to see the ball
0: for Yeah, I just look at number of passes, to be fair. That's my success measure. But, we've spoken about Warnock, and I was going to bring up his kind of mini-me in Tony Pulis, who's now walked his way back into another job after a pretty spell at Borough. He stayed, they were all right, but they were pretty poor. How many games is he so far? He's two or three in to a Sheffield Wednesday game? Correct? Yeah, I think, I think it's two. Two. So, yeah, to get the first win, but a good draw on Tuesday night against, a, funny enough, a Swansea side that we're pushing up towards the top. Do we feel he'll t- he's the man to turn it around there? Well, probably
2: not long term, but they need results. And yeah. they need to be pulled away from safety, uh, towards safety. And that's what he'll do. And that will be his recap for this season. Yep.
1: Football is a results business. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, if you offer that Sheffield United chairman, you stay in the league, you finish 21st, you stay in the league, horrible football, you take that. Football is a results business. And if it keeps him in the championship, then it it keeps him in the championship.
2: You're not going to build with Pulis, but he'll do what you need to do in the short term.
1: Yeah, Exactly. (laughs)
0: that's where Derby's an interesting case comes into it obviously they have been beyond woeful this season I just that's probably the nicest way to describe them Allardyce has been linked with the role potentially with the new owners coming in I just don't know is it something do you think Allardyce would want to be there to come into a Derby side and try and get them out
2: if those new owners take over I'm sure the pay packet will be nice
1: I was going to say if he gets a nice bit of money for it Keeps her in the league for a season. He'll be more than happy with that, won't
0: he? Then pops back up. He's not been anywhere. Was it Everton his last job? Yeah. I just can't imagine him coming down to Derby Derby thinking they're 24th. They've won one game this year. Scored five in 13 games. Like, do we really think Allardyce is going to turn around that sinking ship that quickly? I just can't see it. Especially with the personnel they've got. Is Rooney built to play in a four-four-two? I just don't think he is.
2: <laughs> Rooney's about 34-35, so he doesn't have to be the key player. You can bring him off the bench, or or put Rooney back to the old-fashioned striker and play him up front.
1: Play him as the number ten.
0: So, so you'd argue Rooney, right, is the, probably Derby's best player. He's up there. There's probably top top five players in that team. You have to play him. You can't, especially the money he's on you can't just sit him on the bench, especially the new owners that are coming into this project, or potentially, until it's approved, but just can't see Allardyce being the man for them to drag him out. Like, it just doesn't seem to fit in its current mould.
1: But what does fit Derby? Playing the football they've been playing? Well, you know, you've got to change it up. It hasn't been working. Change it up.
0: Yes, a good point to me. Be- yeah, Koku had the project, and well, yeah, we all know how that went. <laughs> After last year's good run, it's just kind of slipped downhill, hasn't it? They've got Steve
2: McLaren back in a... Uh, in a yes, I did oh, see
0: uh... that. How many times has that he's been now at Derby? Is that his fourth attempt at the club in yeah, some capacity? He's an interesting one, McLaren. Have that's you seen ball.
2: now um, the odds have really shortened on John Terry taking the
1: role? I did see that, yeah. Which would be interesting, Terry. uh, Yes, again, uh, uh, football's a results business. If you're a derby fan, you see Terry linked with you, or you see Allardyce, you're wanting Allardyce for a season to keep you out of trouble, keep you in the league. Then you look at a new manager next summer. Yeah,
0: another one that was linked as well is Benita's. I've seen, I I don't know if that's just because of the new owners. Yeah.
1: He's also on $12 million a year, so I can't see him leaving his job in the Chinese League. <laughs>
0: That's that, is, that is some paycheck, to be fair. Uh, right, but on the topic of finance, Alf, I know you've been doing a bit of research for us, full preparation of this. Managers on the chopping block. What have you found is the cost to get rid of a championship manager or an EFL manager?
1: Well... Not I, I took it a bit deeper than just the manager because as a club, you don't just sack the manager. You sack his... You, you, well, sometimes you do, but mostly you sack his manager. You then sack the assistant because the new guy coming in doesn't want him. You sack a couple of coaches. You bring in a couple of new coaches. If you purely look at sacking uh, a goalkeeping coach, two first-team coaches, an assistant manager and a manager uh, and the manager that cost you 1.5 million if they only have one year on their contract now most managers don't have only a year on their contract so you're looking at if they've got on a two-year deal over three million pounds to get five members of staff out the door that's not even including bringing in new staff on new signing bonuses and everything
0: it's extortionate three million is that is that the average for the championship we're saying roughly well uh,
1: i would say so about two year two years left on the contract about four five members of staff being let go at the same time
0: yeah this, this ties into the question of there are some teams now that are sat near the bottom do they not cut managers purely because of these financial restrictions especially because you've not even mentioned right especially from some of my experiences the analysis team goes as well they then bring their own analysis staff in it's not just coaching from the coaching side they bring their own sports science people in they bring their own medical department in If just 1.5 million just for the coaching staff alone you then topple in the support team that was the question somewhere like cardiff right Currently sat 18th in the league, Neil Harris. He's been there now a year, year and a half, nearly two. They're currently 18th. They had no ambition. They had ambition to playoffs this season, especially where they got last year.
2: And with De- the money they spent.
0: Yeah. To Cardiff look yeah. at that then and think that's a £3 million payout, potentially.
2: And then the new manager want to bring in their own players. They want to bring in their own staff. It becomes a 6 £7 million pound job to turn around a team in the window.
0: Yeah, are we looking at that then, thinking maybe teams this season aren't going to cut when they would normally do, normally do, just because of COVID and how much their finances have been hampered by it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I'm not sure because the amount of money you lose from going down from Championship to League One is about 10 million. So some some wealthier owners will look at it and think. If that's the price I've got to pay, I'm gonna to have to pay it. As you've seen it, I mean, I know Derby's potentially getting new owners and Koku didn't take a reduced settlement, but still a reduced settlement could still be one point five million pounds yeah. with all his staff members.
0: So I was like... gonna tie James into this because I know you're quite connected in the Derby circle. What sort of research did you find about Koku's dismissal? Well
2: he was apparently entitled to around four million. But cool. I know he's, he's, he's taken less. I don't know. It doesn't say how much, but reports are that he's not taken his full 4 million.
0: Was so, that 4 million just on his own? I believe so, yeah. Bloody hell. Just, well, yeah. I,
2: mean, I don't know how long his contract was, but if they're on about making it a you know, a cocky revolution, I imagine the contract was three or four years, and he was
0: only
2: yeah. in a year. So most of his contracts had to be paid out.
0: Yeah. You, I think we'll just take it back a few steps where Alfie... That hits the nail on the head perfectly. Is the paying potentially three or five million to get rid of a staff member worth the price of staying up? Someone like Forrest, if they go down, their finances aren't the best right now. Is it worth them taking that punt of spending five million pounds to try and keep themselves in this division? Even more so at Premier League level, you think the gap, the gap between the two leagues as well, oh, that yeah. financial hit... How panicked would you have to be? And when I think we're certainly seeing a lot of clubs cling on longer than we'd anticipate.
1: Yeah, don't... I mean, you look at—I don't think Wickham would ever, but Gareth Ainsworth—they don't have the funds, I would imagine, to sack the manager and start. I don't think he will get sacked because they're building a project there, and you know, he's a very good manager. But if you take Wickham as an example, or Barnsley, if this new guy. Suddenly, you know, 12 losses in a row. Can Barnsley afford to sack, to sack him?
0: I have, I don't yeah. know. Well, that was the big thing with Forrest over the summer. I did a bit, when we did the big champ preview, James, I covered it a bit in there. They went for it. They, he brought in physios. He brought in therapists. He brought in sports scientists. He brought another goalkeeper coach in. He brought two more support staff in. They sacked him after four games. That's, that's not a cheap wage bill to get rid of. <laughs> like I know we've we've kind of like twisted ourselves up in knots in the point, but the clubs really that worried about finances. Forest have pulled the plug. Wednesday have pulled the plug. Derby have pulled the plug. But then they little teams.
2: Is this all a um, you know support? Maybe one year con- rolling contracts are the way to go. I know Steve Cooper when he was at Reading only ever signed one year rolling deals because then it meant well, if they wanted to mm-hmm. get rid of it at the end of the season, the club didn't have the giant burden of a payout to make.
0: Yeah, Pardew oh, was the right? same at Newcastle. With that eight-year rolling contract, it was literally a year. Each year he signs an extension.
2: You you run the risk, obviously, of the manager easily being picked off to another club. But if you've got a good relationship with your owner, and then the dialogue is there that the contract's there, and you're going to sign it, and you, you have your word, then I don't see anything wrong with one-year rolling deals. It, it'll save all the hmm. paying on these uh, payoffs.
0: I think the issue, this is, like you said, the security of it, Managers aren't stupid. They want to coach and be at the highest level possible. If you are doing successful, especially in the lower divisions, and your payout's not that big and a big boy comes in for you, you'll leave it.
2: Well, that will not come with the relationship you've got with your owner.
0: It doesn't matter. There's no loyalty in football, especially if money's put, thrown your way. You're not saying, you're telling me, just because you have a good relationship with an owner, you're going to stay put for the sake no, of the club. You might,
2: them, you might give them a bit of time. You might say... Right, well, I'll stay for how like, this game or this game. And I'll, I'll stay until... Okay, you lose the,
0: the next three and the club disappears and don't want you anymore. You've lost it. You've just lost out, potentially, earning life-changing money.
2: If you're in that much of a demand then, they'll wait a week. Would especially they? if it's done over the international break now. They've got two weeks to wait then.
0: I, I think you it's very naive to think someone, a club, especially then you start losing a bit of form, your stock is at its highest when you're winning. If someone came in now to Thomas Frank and said, right, it's time to go, or we're going to take you to the Denmark national team. We'll give you X amount of money, which is a lot more than you'll be on at Brentford. I don't expect him to stay. He'd be gone. That's the same, same with player loyalty. You, someone like the whole Ozil debate and debacle of, why is he not left? It's for the good of the club. The bloke is earning 350,000 a week. Why? Loyalty doesn't matter. He's not going to turn around and go, oh, I'll take a reduced settlement. Don't worry, boys.
2: Yeah, but then you wouldn't offer that particular person a one-year rolling deal. You'd give them – you wouldn't always – not every manager's got to be a one-year job. If you've got a young, hungry, ambitious manager, then maybe that's not the way to go. But someone like Allardyce, so let's face it, it's not going to be on a cheap wage. Who's 60-odd, mm. 60, 60 65. He's not going to have you know, ages left. Maybe a year at a time will prevent you from then having to give him a three-year deal and pay him off for two years when he keeps you up the year you want to, but then doesn't take
0: you on. Yeah, I, think, I think the context to it, I, t- I see your point with the rolling contracts. It's a good way for clubs to safeguard themselves in the event of a payout. But again, though, mm. it really can shoot clubs in the foot, especially if you've got a successful young manager coming through.
2: It comes down to trust, isn't it? And the owner's got to know, he's got to think deep down whether it's going to be worthwhile for his club, ultimately. Ainsworth, it'd be great for, I think, because he'd never shaft Wickham the amount he's been there. Even if I, someone did he would not shaft
0: I think just the naivety in that if someone came to him and offered to double his wages and oh, play yeah, for he, a better squad, he, he is gone. He doesn't care about loyalty.
2: He would wait a week to make sure Wickham have... Or, or he'd maybe put the club in contact, because everything at that club goes through Gareth Ainsworth. He is Wickham Wanderers. He'd at least have someone in mind, like someone contact that he put in contact with the club whatever Ainsworth says there happens
0: see he I just involved. I love that fairy tale picture you point. like oh he would be for the good club he's not doing that on any level I'm sorry there is no way if he was offered more money for a better club better resources that he he's does not jump ship immediately pardon
2: he's already been offered jobs in the past and he's turned them down
0: but where were they and what's the money like? What are the resources behind the scenes? Are the clubs well, bigger
2: clubs than Wickham?
0: You know, it's there aren't rich. many
2: smaller clubs, So he's only really going to go up.
0: Why do we see like managers that have jumped from Bristol Rovers to Mansfield, from Swindon to Salford? Money, they resources. Already, they've
2: only been at those smaller clubs, they've only been at those clubs <laughs> as long.
0: There's someone he's like Graham Cloplin Was that was that Bristol Rovers for a while, and had had just come in and then left to go to Mansfield. Why did someone like Richie Wellens get Swindon promoted with probably one of the best squads that they played and then jump ship to Salford after pledging his loyalty to Swindon how brilliant it was you know it's because the resources behind the scenes are better at Salford you've got five people that have thrown a lot of money at that club why wouldn't you? especially as a manager you want to go somewhere where you're going to have the support and the financial side is a very, very big thing behind the scenes and it helps to make your decision for you. You know, it's, it's, you wouldn't labor or slate a player for doing the same thing. So I don't know why managers fall into the same bracket. And they have to be loyal. But at the end of the day, they're also trying to make a career of it. It falls both ways. I think to wrap it up, I think we have to talk about some of the managers that are on the chopping block. And I think that we might see some changes, potentially. Maybe not at these smaller clubs with your Wickham's, your Coventry. But I think there are definitely a few that we have to speak about. I think maybe Karanka already at Birmingham, Mouth. I think they've been pretty poor this season so far. With the likes of, they've only scored ten in thirteen, and you always know they're going to be defensively solid. But...
2: Yeah, they really brought him in though. You know, you knowing what you're going to get with Karanka, and I don't mm. think they'd have fired him. They they knew he'd be more defensive minded, and that you'd you'd set up, you know, more defensively than others. But having him really just brought him in, I'm sure they knew who they were bringing in, and he does get clubs promoted ultimately, such as Middlesbrough. So, I, I, no, I don't know, maybe not this, maybe not just yet, unless they're, they're struggling like they have been the last few years.
0: Nothing, yeah, it's an odd one. But Alex you...
2: president, which is another one you were going to mention, yeah. I think. With the, um, he's been there a fair few years now, and he's always getting closer and closer and closer, not quite and not quite. Maybe this year, if he doesn't get that playoff that they keep aiming for, maybe this could be the year they get rid of him.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring out, then, of what... What about someone like Alex Neil who's been there a long while now? I think it's... Was it a long while in football? What... what, Do we think he might potentially be one that's on the chopping block sometime soon? I don't think so.
1: I think he's been at the club for enough time to have given himself this time to figure out what's going wrong and try and put it right. That... A young, not a younger, but a manager that's been in the job less time wouldn't wouldn't get, but he's been in the job so long that, and and like you say, he's been relatively successful with an average team. I I don't think you pull the plug on him.
0: Yeah, and I was going to tie it into the finance side. Someone like Preston, aren't the biggest club in the world, they don't have infinite resources and and. Fifteenth in the league, ambitions of top six this season. They did put a bit of money in in the summer. I don't know. It's it's such a weird landscape, isn't it, at the moment? Football of, of you just can't predict what's going to happen. Because... But then you've also
1: got to look at it as a Preston owner. Who are you going to bring in that's going to improve the team enough to get you promoted?
0: That's a good point. Who who it. We... Who is going to come in at championship level and want to change the team? And I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and I can't really think of any no. actual championship managers that I would want to come in.
1: And do you go for a foreign, unproven manager in this league and potentially throw away all the good work you've achieved on the nil?
0: I don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah, take the boundsley approach. Take. <laughs> An unknown manager or coach from Eastern or from Western Europe or Eastern Europe, sorry, from somewhere that's done some stuff. They're they're an interesting one, Barnsley, aren't they? I was I was going to round it up with another one on the chopping block, but I was going to say, Barnsley, they're an interesting side. I touched it on on the Twitter account the other day. I think there there is a lot of questions still to be asked about. I can't say his name. I'm I'm going to butcher it. Ishmael, is it Ishmael? Ishmael. I think yeah I'll go with yeah. me go with it I was going to say there's question marks about their tough to keep football but defensively he slotted in like a glove I think it's great to see how they play I love the style of play at Barnsley and he slotted in perfectly but you don't know it's unless some of these managers do you go abroad and attempt to bring someone new in but what difference are they going to make they've not played at, this, at the level they don't know the league they've not coached it yet. It's a tricky one. You raise a very, very fair point of if you do pull the plug, who is going to come in? Like, on the manager market right now, there's not that many people out there, is there? No.
1: No.
0: So, so you got anyone off the top of your head, James, that you'd think, say, Panovic was to walk tomorrow? That would come no, in at Reading or potentially a mid-table club to push you up the league? Yeah, you... yeah good
2: point. There's not really anyone on there on the market. Eddie Howe was on the market but he wouldn't go to, to Reading or to Preston.
0: No. Um, I was thinking someone like Holloway, maybe, come back up from League 2 He's done some time down with Grimsby.
2: Yeah, personally, if, if Pauno went tomorrow, I'd love Graham Murty to come down from, from the Rangers under 23 yeah. and take over, but that's obviously a, a personal thing for the Reading football for Reading. I don't know about someone like Preston. Maybe Maybe another championship manager that of one of the clubs that's just come up, with Paul Warren maybe. Do you think he's earned the chance mm-hmm. at a club that doesn't have to just scrap to stay up but can maybe push on? I
1: mean the only manager I could think is Paul is it Paul Cook, the ex Wigger manager. Cook. Yeah. yeah, He's yeah. been that's in the line right.
0: for a few jobs.
1: That's the only one off the top of my head I would be happy with my club going for at the moment.
2: He played for Press. he played for Burnley though, and they're one of the Lancashire rivals. So I don't know if he'd go to
1: Oh well, there you go then. Preston. But, but he
2: uh, might go to Reddit. Uh,
1: yeah, but again, he's the only one that I can really think of would, as a fan, I'd want, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a very thin market, isn't it? Listen, that's the issue. You just don't know what's coming around the corner. Some of these clubs may pull the plug straight away, but some might not because they don't want to spend the money. And I totally agree. It's, it, we're in a very, very tricky situation. And you just have to think about it, isn't it? the money the money behind it and you right I can't believe it's that much off, honestly for just five members of staff with a potentially a year or two left on the contract
1: yep it's incredible
0: figures something else i think we wrap it up there boys It's a good conversation i like some of the stuff we touched on and thank you for listening to this week's bees Analytica podcast please remember to like share and subscribe and please do follow us all on the socials thank you Thank <music>